Welcome to the very first episode of Primates, a podcast about, well, primates. I'm your host, Hallie Hangen. First off, Happy New Year and thanks for tuning in. I've been wanting to start a podcast like this for a while and wanting to do some sort of social media type thing to share information about primates for even longer. And there's truly no better time than the turning of a year to start a new project. Each week, I'll introduce a new species of primate and talk about interesting physical adaptations, what their behavior and social structure is like, and what conservation issues they face, because primates are some of the most endangered animals. I figured I would start with a primate that most of you probably heard of through an old TV show, but might not know that much about. Zubumafu was one of my favorite shows growing up, and I really, really hope you all had the same childhood as me, because if you didn't watch Zubumafu, you really missed out. So catchy, so nostalgic. Love it. Zabumafu is a show hosted by the Kratt brothers, who the slightly younger generation might know from their newer show, Wild Kratts. And they basically introduced a new animal or a couple of animals every episode, and had this little lemur named Zabumafu hang out with the hosts and help to talk about the animals. There was a puppet version of Zabumafu who could talk, and a live version who would jump around and do lemury things. But both of them had these really striking yellow eyes and this big open mouth smile. Zubumafu, whose real name was actually Jovian, and he lived at the Duke Lemur Center, which I just learned this week, is a type of lemur called a cockerel's shifak. When most people hear primate, they probably just think of monkeys, and they use monkeys as an umbrella term. But primates are actually made up of the haplorines, which are monkeys, apes, humans, and tarsiers, all of which have dry noses, and the strepsorines, which are lemurs and lorises, all of which have wet noses, kind of like dogs do. Shifaks, which are a type of lemur, are found entirely in Madagascar. Actually, all lemurs are found only in Madagascar, and that's what sets them apart from all other primates. There are nine species of shifak, but the cockerels is one of the most well-known species. It's a very fluffy little white lemur with brownish-brown markings on the front that kind of make it look like it's wearing a jacket and some shorts. They also have relatively small ears that are mostly hidden by their fur, so it looks like they just have really round heads with no ears. They spend nearly all of their time up in the tree canopy and are perfectly adapted to jumping from tree to tree using just their legs. Some lemurs and monkeys use their arms to swing horizontally from branch to branch, or even use a prehensile tail to help them get around, which means they can grab onto branches and hang from their tail, almost like they have a fifth leg. Shufox, on the other hand, are what's called vertical clingers and leapers. So they cling to the side of a tree vertically, hanging on with extra traction-y, actually I'm not sure traction-y is a word, extra grippy fingertip pads, and then they push off their back legs to jump to another tree trunk and again hang on vertically. They even sleep upright nestled in the branches. When they do come down to the ground, they're a little more awkward in the way they move because they have to stay upright, but they can't walk around on their back legs like humans do. They keep that natural leaping motion and just kind of hop around sideways. Shufox in general are often called leaping lemurs or dancing lemurs because of this motion, and if you need a little smile in your day, I'd highly recommend looking for some videos on YouTube. This awkward way of moving on the ground, while it looks pretty funny, may actually be to their detriment because they really rely on continuous stretches of forest and so much of the forest in Madagascar is either becoming highly fragmented or disappearing altogether. This means that cockerel shifox are running into more and more gaps in the forest where they can't reach the trees on the other side and they have to travel across open ground, leaving themselves vulnerable to both terrestrial and aerial predators, 
or predators on the ground like fossas, which are kind of like pumas, or found in the sky like hawks. There's also a fair amount of subsistence hunting by humans who struggle to find sources of meat elsewhere. Shifaks have a special type of call they use to warn each other about predators, and the sound they make is actually what inspired the name of Shifak. Here's what that sounds like. To be honest, it's a little hard to hear the shafak in there, but there are surprisingly few recordings online, so this might just have to be the best example. In addition to warning against predators, their calls also have a social aspect. When traveling as a group, sometimes they can get split up and they make sort of a hoo-hoo to find each other again. Across the world of primates, there are very, very few antisocial primates. And even then, individuals have to get together at some point to mate. So there's always some sort of social component to vocalizations, just like humans have developed thousands of spoken and sign languages to communicate. The other common tactic for building social connection is grooming. Grooming is incredibly important to all primates. If you love the relaxation element of getting your hairbrush or your nails done or your hands massaged, that's probably just your ancient primate side coming through. Grooming the skin and hair of another primate can create or solidify social bonds, and Shifaks have evolved a special tooth comb to help with grooming. Their middle bottom teeth grow taller and more slender than the rest of their teeth, and lean together in the middle to form an almost fused comb-like tooth structure, and they use this, along with their nimble fingers and long claws, to comb out bugs, dandruff, and loose hair as a way to clean their friends and family and create a little moment of social connection. Speaking of sociality, a lot of lemur species, including the cockerel shifak, have female-dominant societies. We love a feminist icon in the animal world. Their social groups consist of one dominant female matriarch and her partners and offspring. It's usually about three to ten individuals per group. Females stay with their natal group after becoming sexually mature, while males disperse and go find another group once they reach sexual maturity. Females, especially the more socially and physically powerful ones, get premier access to food and are able to select their own mates, both of which help to increase the success of a pregnancy. There's typically one breeding female per group, the matriarch, who will mate with multiple males in one breeding season, which is thought to be a strategy to increase the number of males helping with child rearing and also decrease the potential of infanticide, or males killing an infant that isn't theirs. Females typically have one baby at a time, about every other year, from age two or three until they die. Babies are completely dependent for about five or six months and have to be clinging to the mother when breastfeeding or another relative when not feeding. After about six months, they move around on their own and forage for food on their own. Across the primate world, it's pretty common for babies to constantly be clinging to someone, whether that's their mother or a relative, until they can start to move around on their own. As far as food goes, they're folivorous, feeding on leaves, flowers, fruit, and even bark, and very, very occasionally on insects. It's definitely for the best that this species is pretty broad in their diet, because they might be able to adapt to new environments better. Lemurs across the board are some of the most endangered primates because of their narrow habitat and the state of Madagascar's forests. Shows like Zabumafu are a really great way to educate the public about why animals are interesting in general and important to their natural habitats. But they also often show humans directly interacting with them, which fosters the idea that wild animals make fun and safe pets, which is totally untrue. I think today's nature shows, which are more focused on filming animals entirely in the wild, are still a really great conservation tool and certainly had a huge impact on my career choice. All those hours I spent glued to the TV watching Zubumafu or Planet Earth absolutely inspired me to want to study animals and contribute to conservation efforts in some way. There are a lot of organizations out there helping wild animals, probably too many to name, 
but I'll mention a couple that have some specific focus on Chifox. There's Planet Madagascar and Eden Projects, which have English websites, Man and the Environment, which has a French website and is primarily based in Madagascar, and also the Institute of Zoology at the Hanover University of Veterinary Medicine, if you happen to be listening from Germany. If you want to learn more about Cockroach Chifox or how to contribute to conservation efforts, I'll post all my citations in the show notes on my website, and there's also a really great interview on the podcast Just the Zoo of Us that talks about what it's like to study this species in the wild. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I look forward to seeing everyone next week as we talk about a new primate, and until then, stay curious. Thank you.